Good morning, everyone. It's uh, the 20th Sunday uh, in Ordinary Time today. The readings are uh, certainly difficult ones. Um, our first reading in the gospel can be unsettling for many Christians, uh, particularly the gospel, the gospel, because it tells us that the Lord Jesus uh, is bringing uh, some division, uh, some discord, uh, something not expected of what we call the Prince of Peace. It is shocking to many that uh, faith in Christ should cause divisions within families, friends, associates, communities, and in this case with Jesus, a nation. These words of Christ, however, describe the real experience of not only Jesus in his time, but the early church, our first Christians, where conversions to Christ did in fact tear families and communities apart. In those days, um, there was no safety net, so to speak, as we call it and understand it. Uh, all there was was family that was of supreme importance. The established religion of Jesus' time in the area that he lived was Judaism, uh, outside of the paganism, which uh, all the other cults uh, had in other nations. So to become Christian meant living in a way that separated you from your family members, your associates. You would have to give up everything. You would give up your inheritance. You would give up your social standing. And this experience is not so long and far away. It is experienced in degrees by people from other Christian denominations, Jewish, Mormons and Muslim families who choose to become Christian. They are usually excommunicated from their families and from their religions. My friends, and unfortunately, um, the division goes deeper within the Christian denominations. To become a Catholic Christian oftentimes brings hatred from other Christian denominations. And I can look around, I see the family members, and I know who you are who've come to talk to me about, well, once I decided to become a Catholic, these family members chose not to speak to me anymore. Even today, when many people tend to take religion lightly, serious loyalty to Christ makes things very uneasy and even hostile. This gospel shows us another side of our Lord Jesus Christ, not the peaceful shepherd, but the Christ of holy fire. When Jesus says that he came to light a fire on the earth, uh, he certainly was not talking about a campfire where people sing kumbaya. This fire is that of conviction, of commitment, of loyalty, of choices. So my friends, I ask you, where are you on this matter? Where are your convictions? Where do they lie? Are you like Jeremiah? Jeremiah, we heard in the first reading, was hated by almost everybody. And what did he do? Brought a message from God to the people to amend their ways. And they threw him in the sewer to die. And for me, God let them. But he sent some kind-hearted people to get him out. I have to stop and think about that. <laughs> I was like, 
Heavenly Father, what are you doing? Or well, whatever it is you're doing is going to be okay. But that's a tough situation for Jeremiah. Friends, what he did was he opposed all the wrongdoings, the injustices, and sins of his nation. And because of it, he suffered persecution. Or like our other ancestors of the faith that the letter to the Hebrews described, uh, who lived by conviction. Like the saints of past times whose loyalty to Jesus Christ shaped their very life and got them into trouble, if you will, in this world. The fire that Jesus wants is the fire of loyalty and commitment and faithfulness, the very same that his Father, his Heavenly Father, exhibits, that he exhibits, and that he asks of his followers. As Jesus said, he did not come to bring an easy peace. It's not that he didn't want peace, it wasn't going to be an easy one. And he certainly didn't come to bring easy peace by ignoring problems and having us look the other way. He came to bring a holy and spiritual fire upon the earth, meaning our hearts, to undo the power of evil in our world and in ourselves and to remake the face of the earth for every generation. As baptized Christians, you and I are called not to sit apathetically on the fence and to watch, but to join in in his mission. You join in in the campaign by educating your children in the knowledge of Christ and by speaking the gospel truth, even when it is difficult. I will remind all of you who have children that you have had baptized the priest or deacon will ask you, do you know what you are doing by coming here and asking for your children? And then furthermore, the priest or deacon, or if it happens to be a bishop, will say, you are the first teachers of the faith. You are expected to do this. So you can't just run to Father Mark. You pick up your Bible, you pick up your catechism, and you begin to learn and you begin to instruct. And as St. Francis said, when necessary, use words meaning let your life speak. You join in by insisting on honesty in our world and fairness in business and in politics and in our government and in every aspect of our social lives. You join in the campaign by struggling to restore a moral conscience to a society that can be devoid of it at times. This is the public side of the mission or campaign the spiritual firestorm of morality, of a moral truth that Jesus came to let loose to undo the effects of evil and to renew the face of the earth. It is a mission and campaign that every generation of Christians and all Christians need to be involved in. It is a struggle for the future and the heart of society, or as our government elected officials say, for the soul of this nation. There's also a personal side to all of this, too. The fire of faith and conviction gives our life direction, definition, and purpose. So my friends, just because one society values something different from ours, and maybe when society becomes confused doesn't mean that you should be confused. Just because a nation's culture is 
morally adrift doesn't mean you are supposed to be that way. And just because some people are unsure about what is right and wrong today doesn't mean you should be that way. Friends, um, our faith helps us and guides us into a deeper human understanding and fulfillment. And it tells us we do not have to be that way. Just because people are indifferent to the dignity of all human life doesn't mean you're supposed to be. Just because people are casual about their commitments and loyalties and their faithfulness in their marriage vows and other commitments doesn't mean you're supposed to be. The fire of faith gives you and I direction. And that fire must be fueled, fed, and tended to by exercising your faith. We do this by being in communion with our Lord through prayer, through his church, and for us Catholics, through the sacramental life of the church. It is also important to exercise and express our faith through service and ministry and outright kindness to others. It is likely that through these uh, opportunities, your faith will continue to grow. Let the fire of your Christian faith, your devotion to Christ, clarify your life and light the way for others, my friends. Faith is not a pretty trinket to be put on a shelf and to use only when you wish. It is a holy fire that is uh, fired every day and gives light to ourselves and to others. I think one of the points of the reading today is that we should not let our faith remain only something that's on a shelf. It is to be lived out. So I pray that you let this holy fire of Christ come into your life. My friends, uh, certainly Jesus didn't desire division. He knew it was coming. He knew that his words were going to do this. Is it what he desired? No. What would be the answer? The human heart. The human heart which was hardened against him and his father. Human hearts that are hardened against other humans. People who just don't care and simply others who just simply hate. This is what brought the division. And all the while, Satan laughs. He loves it. He loves when you are divided. So I'm telling you this, so knock it off. <laughs> Don't give him what he wants. <laughs> give him the opposite. Come together. Come together. I pray and I continue to pray that the Christian denominations will come together again, the East and the West, and then the old 35,000 denominations of Protestantism. <laughs> and we'll come together um, it is then that Christ will return. It is then, probably. I mean, he told us we don't know, but I suspect maybe. My friends, our former pastor, Father Larry Bailey, has made public, and so I can talk about it, uh, he has uh, been diagnosed with cancer, and he's going to begin treatment, so he's asked for your prayers. He has indicated it is an aggressive form of cancer. Uh, so he said, just tell the people to pray for me. So offer your prayers for Father Larry Bailey also, the former pastor, the pastor who was here before I came. And this is in the second reading, 
<clears throat> Paul refers to a cloud of witness, and classically understanding, he's talking about the saints in heaven. But today, on this world, in this time, you are to be the cloud of witness now. You are to be his witnesses to the world and all things. Do that. 